Welcome to the Customer First Podcast, hosted today by Aditya Rath. Aditya is a partner with KPMG in India, focused on customer and digital advisory. He is also part of the EMA and ASPAC regional hubs for KPMG's Global Customer Center of Excellence, which works alongside the network of KPMG firms to help clients deliver profitable growth by putting their customers at the heart of their business. Welcome to this uh, podcast. I'm super excited uh, to uh, welcome my colleague, Tom from Germany and uh, Walt from the United States of America. Uh, Tom is a partner with our uh, management consulting practices, focuses on customer, uh, a good old-time friend of mine. Walt, uh, welcome to the firm. I understand you joined very recently. He's a partner with our customers practice in the U.S. Uh, this is a very interesting uh, time that we are all uh, going through because uh, uh, a time where the customer is actually more than always on. What do I mean by that? Uh, the customer is at our home. Most of us at different parts of the world are either just coming back to work, uh, seeing a, a very interesting trend where many of us have been locked down for several weeks. And this is going to give rise to a lot of new behaviors and uh, how customers are going to react uh, to what they see, how they're going to buy, how they're going to spend their money, uh, what kind of decisions organizations are going to take. Uh, that's going to be all going through a whole bunch of changes, uh, and hence I, I believe it's a very, very interesting time for us. Uh, the, the customers are going to expect, in our view, uh, uh, that they're going to expect more solutions. I was recently with, uh, in a, with a similar webinar with a whole bunch of customers from different parts of Asia, uh, and uh, it was a B2B uh, uh, customer which sells to other businesses, one of the pieces the CFO said is that uh, they don't want their partners or their vendors or their, their, uh, uh, the, the people who work with them to come up with transactions. They really want them to go deep on the solution mindset. I think, I think it is getting accentuated to what we've been seeing around us. And of course, it's absolutely the place of business now. Uh, understanding your customers' problems, empathizing with them right now, understanding how your customers' needs have changed because of what's happening around it. And then this whole space needs to be realigned from where is the customer actually going to spend their money? And do we as a firm uh, have enough products and solutions to be able to map that space of investment? With that background and context, uh, let me uh, invite uh, Tom. Tom, I have a, uh, a question to open this uh, uh, conversation. You know, what is, we hear this always on customer. What, what does it actually mean uh, when you hear, you know, customer is always on? What does it mean for you? Thanks, Aditya. I'm, uh, I'm happy to, to be in this, uh, this podcast and thanks for the introduction. Yes, I do think that uh, always on uh, when it comes to customer is something which, is, uh, which really has a, let's say, hype because of the we can't be there thing and uh, we wanted to be physically there in, uh, in, in, all different, um, uh, in all different areas. And now there is, a, um, uh, there is definitely something um, we still want to, you know, do our shopping, do want to have contact with our, um, uh, our friends and families. And so digital um, uh, just, just um, uh, had, really had a hype. And that means customers are really always on. And that's a real chance for, um, uh, for, for enterprises. Because uh, um, uh, there's, there's this, this funny joke going around the world who led the, um, uh, the digital transformation 
we all have seen that and we all have laughed about it. Um, uh, but in the end, um, uh, there is something, and this is really connected to, to, to always on, is um, uh, organizations now can get very close to customers in a digital way. So we do see new apps coming up, companies who haven't thought about doing digital um, uh, sales, meaning online shops and so forth. They thought they can stop with a, a website, but now they do see they have to go one step further, and customers do accept it. And that's something which is, uh, which is bringing the, um, the digitization to the next phase, and that means customers are very closely digitally connected to, um, uh, to enterprise. And the good thing about it, customers do realize the benefit. They maybe have been worried, Maybe Germany, German customers have been very worried to 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 um, uh, to enter um, uh, online shops and so forth. And now they realise there is a real value, maybe gaining time and so forth. But there will be, and that's the good thing. They always, there always will be a chance to be physically there, to be really um, uh, um, uh, in a shop. And this kind of shift between digital interaction and personal interaction, and this will definitely come, and we'll get more major. We as consumers, but enterprises as well, to interact um, with each other in this uh, in this kind of um, uh, situation, which is coming up in, uh, uh, in the next couple of months. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks, Tom. I think I think it's it's a wonderful segue for uh, for me to get involved. Uh, well, Tom talked about digitization. Tom talked about the concept of the reach uh, going deep into the uh, 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 uncharted waters, white spaces from a customer landscape. Uh, uh, Walt, if, if you can help me uh, help us uh, understand how does uh, this transition uh, one needs to make from this whole product mindset into solution mindset? Uh, you know, uh, you, we ask our clients; they constantly say, "We want solutions." What does it mean when we somebody says solutions, and and how does one, uh, you know, how does and if you can if you can help us also understand from a multi-channel engagement perspective, how does the solution work? Because uh, given the fact that uh, Tom talked about the, 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 the extent digitization is going to go, is it only online? Is it offline? Do you have any examples? Uh, Walt, uh, that would be great to hear. Sure. Hey, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to join this podcast. Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think what we think when we think about historical sales, and it's, you know the way we've interacted with the companies that we buy our products and services from. Um, historically, we bought a product and we used it. Um, I think you know going forward, especially given the shift that the internet has um, you know originated, which is more towards a service economy. I think what we're seeing is three things that really sort of underpin what's the, the difference between a product and a solution. The first thing is you're no longer just selling a physical product, you're selling value, right? So everything to some extent is solving a customer problem or a need. And the second thing I would say is um, the value typically, right? The value of a product or a service or a solution is actually created after the customer acquires it and begins to use it. And the third, I would say, is the experience. And the experience isn't just about the sale or the transaction, if you will. The experience is after the sale, before the sale, 
how you acquired it, what those interactions were like. And so if you think about those three dimensions, right, value, the value, the value of the product and solving the need of the, of the customer to the value that is delivered post the sale, and three, the experience of that entire life cycle, that's what we mean when we say solution. And so I think what you're seeing is a shift in the economy across the world around not just selling products, but selling solutions, selling value to a you know that addresses a need, recognizing that that value is delivered after the sale, and ensuring that the customer is getting the value from that product, that service, or that solution. And then as they are acquiring, transacting, and using the product or the service or the solution, being mindful of that end-to-end -end experience. And so I think that's the that's the real shift that we're seeing. Hey, Walt, that's uh, that's really wonderful because we got to we got to talk about digital now because uh, the whole advent of what's happened right now is in our view, and I think almost every economist in the world does uh, is predicting the fact that digitization will be now a, a faster process. Things which were supposed to be done in the next uh, seven to eight years might be done in four to six years. And we would be seeing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of advent of AI uh, and personalization tools and and tech, which is the digital tech, invading uh, both in B two C and B two B. Tom, I want to come back to you here for a moment, and and maybe uh, uh, now peel this a little bit for us in terms of you know Walt talked about this whole concept of value, and then this then the than the so-called explosion of these digital technologies. Uh, the biggest challenge is uh, how do you find to deliver experience or interaction when you are a B2B customer or when you have a channel through which your products and solutions are actually moving to the end customer, even if it is a consumer-driven company, uh, uh, let's say for a bank or, or, or for, a, for an auto dealer. How do you, how do you deliver experience uh, and interactions uh, when you talk of digital in 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 the uh, in the world which is uh, going to happen in the next uh, few years to us, uh, Tom, over to you. Yeah, I would I would say there is um, uh, um, uh, this is a situation where, where companies um, uh, go direct. Yeah? Some customers really have to be, uh, some some enterprises have the B to B to C model. And now they um, realize that there might be a direct way to to the seas. Yeah? If there is, and there I'm referring to both, if there is an added value and if there is an experience they are able to deliver to their customers. Maybe it is convenience, maybe it is um, a very good and insightful uh, customer service. Maybe the um, uh, the retailer, for example, in between was not able to deliver because you have so many products and so forth. We do see this in the uh, in, in the in the online space a lot that customers tend to go directly to um, uh, to to the producer um, uh, and so forth. So so that really helps um, uh, um, uh, customers to understand and get it at an expectation of the value and of the experience they they will have. 
So you see, that means that the sales process, and as I said before, the sales process will be from digital, fully digital, to um, uh, maybe fully personal. And there is another dimension as well, uh, which is that the, the sales pro um, uh, process might go completely direct or completely indirect. And this really depends on the type of product you're selling, if it's a standard product or not. But I can't imagine any product where I might need some in more information and ask information. And even if it's uh, um, uh, something uh, like a, um, uh, what product do you have? A pen, yeah, or um, uh, or something where I might get some further information. Um, uh, um, uh, a retailer might not give that to me, which is maybe in the um, uh, in the um, area of sustainability. So I may might like to to know where the plastic is coming from and so forth. And this is a huge chance for the manufacturers to go direct on the one hand side, and this is a area again, digital can help in there. But maybe it's the personal retailer because you miss uh, next door and I want to uh, uh, buy the pan with this person because I like to have a chat with him. I like to, because, because I know he has exactly the sustainable product I'm looking for. So there is an expectation already there for the retailer. And this is a beautiful situation for everyone. We do realize this because we all are missing personal interactions in a shop yeah, in this situation we're all in and we're, we're, we're really hungry to go back there and realize that there is a small talk and there is some information we got, might get in there and I like this environment this is this is really an interesting uh, environment we are, we are going to and that's exactly how sales should be uh, should be set up in the future very fa uh, flexible on the one hand side and um, uh, very focused on the customer again what Walt said very important if you don't focus on your customer and know why your customer is coming to you then you've lost and that's what you have to these kind of insights you have to get thanks um, uh, I think this is a very uh, uh, important point that you're making in terms of going direct and using digital as a conduit to do that uh, what I, I, I would like us to talk a little bit about this whole uh, whole uh, persona driven sales now, now now the way I looked at it is over the years is uh, you know, you have you have a salesperson. He's got a, he's given some digital tools, uh, given an iPad of sort. There is a portal on which an order could be booked. Uh, there is there is ways in which he can share information with his customers. And today, customers can use social media to connect among uh, their uh, their different uh, dimensions to be able to uh, interact with the brand. Uh, but that's that's pretty much what is established now in this world uh, as we look at it. Uh, but how, what 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 will change if we when we start talking about persona driven sales using digital? Uh, we've talked about the direct model, which uh, Tom just alluded with a few examples. Uh, we have, we are, we're looking at multiple touch points anywhere you can start, anywhere you can end. How does all of this play around with this whole persona driven sales process? Uh, what? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think you know when we again, if you if you listen to what we've been talking about, which is selling solutions and really selling value and managing the experience, and then you think about the fact that not you know every customer is a unique customer, right? We all come into a you know a relationship with a company with our own background history needs, wants, desires, right, and experiences, 
we heck we we have different moods right throughout the day and so what persona driven sales is really trying to accomplish is understanding as much as as we can about a you know an individual customer and tailoring the experience whether that be a pre-purchase experience whether that be part of the transaction itself or even post-purchase tailoring the experience towards who that customer is and you'd say well you know what kind of data do you need you know in the in the consumer world um, you know you 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 want to understand what types of products or services that customer has purchased from you in the past um, that certainly gives you some insights. Um, you have interactions, hopefully, with that person, even if they're a prospect, right? They've likely been interacting with your company on a digital property. And so you can you can harness that data to really understand who is this person, what do they care about, what do we think they need, um, and, you know, how, how should we tailor our, our, our sales process and our, and really our service process? In the B2B world, it gets a little more complicated, right? Because when you're selling solutions um, in a B2B environment, typically there's more than one buyer, right? You've got an economic buyer, you've got multiple stakeholders. Um, and so in the B2B space, really understanding, you know, from a persona perspective, what role that individual is playing in the sale, in the, in the purchase process, um, is is critical because you can then tailor the messaging and the interactions and the type of content and even when you reach out to those people or when they call, when they interact with you um you know how do you how do you manage that experience and so there's there's definitely you know a move in all industries b2b b2b2c b2b to really identify personas and even mindsets, meaning, is this person in a good mood when when we're talking to them? And and you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of research around voice recognition, right? And understanding tone, and and some of that is beginning to find its way into customer experience processes. Because if we understand the mindset and and the persona of someone coming into an interaction, we can better serve that person. And so, you know, I think that that's what we're seeing, and that's what we mean when we say persona-driven sales. Uh, well, stay with me. This is brilliant because uh, uh, for the listeners, we did not rehearse this because you opened my next real interesting point on data. And uh, uh, because uh, if we have to build this uh, uh, complex uh, persona, because we, it's about humans, it's about the way humans behave, it's about how organizations uh, take decisions, multiple uh, multiple uh, uh, dependencies, if I might say so. Uh, so it will be interesting to know what kind of data does one need to go and get. And if data is at heart of this effective selling process, and our research tells us there's more than 85% of the sales should agree that insights actually make the sales come live, and it helps them effectively do the job. Uh, and and if and there is a whole bunch of assumptions that are built around it. And, and Walt, you, you mentioned about, uh, I want you to, Walt, uh, help us take us through a little bit deeper into this whole data journey and answer two specific questions, which always kind of uh, uh, my customers ask us. The first question is, where does this data come from? You know, and, and 
how is it internal? Is it external? Is there a process around which you collect data? Uh, because organizations already are sitting with mines and mines of data. So, so, so what? So there is one is the source and and how the process of collecting the data. And once the data comes in, what should be the top two or three things, Walt, that we think that that customers uh, need to look at when they see uh, data about their their customers? Yeah, so this is a this is a very obviously relevant topic in today's world. I mean, to your point, uh, most companies are literally drowning in data, um, drowning in internal data, and uh, we all know the amount of external data that is available. And I think you know, so there's data from all sources, and I think the key really is understanding what data is relevant to your customer. Right, and what data gives you the insights to better understand what that customer needs or wants and what value that customer is looking to create. Um, understand how that customer wants to interact with you, right, based off of their persona, based off of um, who they are. And then, you know, understand the full relationship that you have with that customer. And, and you know those those are simple statements and they seem relatively easy but the data collection within most organizations is definitely not um and so you know i think from a from a, a starting point you know most organizations still now are trying to determine what their overall customer if we call this customer master data so all the data relevant to you know, engaging with, interacting, and, and delivering an experience with a customer, what that customer master data should look like and where it should all come from. And it varies, right? If you're a B2C company, that type of data is going to be very different than if you're, for example, a, you know, B2B company selling, you know, high-end technology solutions. I think the key, though, really is, you know, understanding the type of, interactions that a, cu a customer has had with you previously before a given interaction, real time. So did that customer recently, or did, you know, is that customer, when I'm talking to him or her, is he or she on my website right now interacting, right? And so there's actually two simultaneous channels in interaction. They could be literally on my website and talking to me at the same time. Do I know that? Um, if it's a B2B company, how much, you know, have I sold this company previously, right? What does that installed base look like? Are they having problems in one area of their business with solutions that I've sold them and they're calling in and I'm interacting with them? I really should know, right, if, if they're having issues with other solutions that I've sold. And so I think where, Adidia, where I'm, where I'm going with this is it's not just enough to capture the data. It's, it's connecting the data, right? Connecting the data from real-time interactions, from previous interactions, connecting previous solutions sold, you know, all of that, connecting that and then interpreting it and making sense of it so that it can be used effectively during a client or customer interaction. It, that, that was, uh, thanks, Walt, that was helpful. Tom, I'm going to come to you with a difficult one now. Uh, this process of whole data collection is not going to be easy. It's going to be expensive. Um, uh, you know, there is going to be a whole bunch of uh, money that is going to take, given the fact that uh, 
uh, there is obviously headwinds uh, with the situation that we are all in right now. Uh, there is a cost pressures, right? And uh, I, I just want, don't want you to focus on data alone, but I think the whole process of how do you make uh, a technology process cost effective uh, to help them push uh, through the agenda of, of what we call is the future of sales. Because the technology process, we just realized that the digital is going to play a huge role. Data is going to play a huge role. Then you have obviously the people cost, the setup cost, and the skills to be able to manage it. And, and uh, the investments that need to be done, they are going to be huge. How do, you, how do you define an ROI for this to go to the CFO or whosoever holds the budget and say, you know what, I need these many thousands and thousands of dollars to make sure that this millions and billions of sales can happen? Is that a simplistic view, or do you have a, a divergent calculation of the ROI, Tom? Uh, I do have a simple approach to this, um, uh, and, and you're totally right. It's, it's an approach to the CFO, and that's something which is, uh, which is new for, for, for customer-focused, um, uh, um, uh, meaning sales, marketing, customer service areas. Um, uh, that they have to involve the CFO controlling and so forth. But I think, uh, and that's my, my personal um, uh, um, uh, yeah, storyline I do have, because uh, you said it's a huge investment. Yes, it is, but most of the companies are already investing. There is no company, maybe few, but not investing into digital. So it's only it's only about to 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 um, uh, give the right direction of kind of a digitalization project. Everyone is going to um, uh, every company I do see, every of my clients, they're in deep digitalization activities. Um, uh, when it comes to processes internally, when it comes to um, uh, to customer journeys, when it comes to to procurement and so forth, there's a lot what's happening there. But there is, from my point of view, only one thing they should do. They should always, whatever they do, whatever they digitize, they should look into what's the value for the client. Because um, I, I think that's, that's what Walt said in the beginning. The product is not enough. The service is not enough. It has to be more. It has to be a solution. It has to be an experience and so forth. And that's what companies can do. Looking into the complaint process, yeah, um, uh, complaint process can be a huge chance. So it can be something for a customer to make a loyal customer. And again, whatever one is doing, maybe in the replacement process or whatever, making devices and parts of devices more reliable, it has to have only one really purpose, and that's just making the client happy. Not at our cost. And I'm totally with you what you said in the beginning. But again, when you're doing digital product, projects and so forth, focus on the customer. Always ask the question, is there a value for the customer, direct or indirect? And how far is it away? And that's the beautiful thing about it. When I said you can't make all your customers happy, but you can measure. You can measure if your customers are happy. You can measure how much you spend. And that's all because this digitization is coming into the organization and the CFO and the controlling um, uh, organization, as well in sales, marketing, customer service organization. And with these ability to measure, because there's lots of digital interaction, you can immediately see if your program, if the process, if the journey, if the product, whatever, 
is really meeting the ultimate goal, and that's making the customer happy. Well, that is uh, perfect. Uh, Walt, a quick one, and I, I need a almost a uh, limited answer on this. Do you see a shift in the focus given what's happening around us uh, in terms of how the spend allocation is going to happen for the sales organization? Oh, definitely. I mean, so, uh, you know, one one big shift we've, we've just been talking about probably for the last five minutes, which is around data. So more, more you know, every company is investing in um, connecting, harnessing and connecting data, right, across the enterprise, internally and externally. Um, secondly, I'd say, you know, given where society is moving, um, all companies are looking at how do we invest in tools and platforms to allow our sellers, and not just sellers, but you know anybody that interacts with a customer, how do we enable them to do that, um, not only just virtually, right, but how do we enable those interactions to start and continue in you know digital channels? Um, and then I would say the third is there's, you know, and it's very, the third one is very specific to industry and company, but all, all sales organizations are looking at how do we rebalance overall spend, meaning direct spend and indirect spend, spend on sellers versus spend on sales support. How do we redirect that towards higher value, uh, higher customer lifetime value customers? And, you know, where is the market opportunity, where is the growth, and where should we be directing our spend? And so that's a constant, that's a constant struggle with most sales organizations because, as you, as you guys all know and everybody listening, most companies have more than one product. It's not as simple as, hey, I just want to go sell this one thing, this one solution to this type of customer. You know, product portfolios are complex. Customer bases are complex, and so you really do have to manage where you spend your sales dollars to optimize the ROI on those those investments. Perfect. We're almost uh, at the most exciting part of this uh, talk, which I, I love it, which is the future of the sales rep. Uh, and I'm going to make it uh, a quick buzzer question. So both of you will have a minute each, and in a minute, if you can paint the future. So we're going to uh, start with Tom. Tom, how do you see the future of the sales rep? And you can use uh, tech, you can use whatever uh, uh, magic wand at Germany right now to see how you're seeing uh, the future for the sales rep. Um, uh, the, um, uh, the, the situation is, is the following, and I can make it very, very short. I think the sales rep is the trust manager for the customer in the future. And that's what I said in the beginning. Um, uh, um, uh, sales reps and time of sales reps will be very, very valuable for customers. And that's exactly what sales reps and um, uh, sales organizations have to, to, to look at because it's not clear when the sales process starts or when the sales process ends, or if it never ends, if it's a circle or whatever it is, it's someone, but in the end, someone it is who really has to look at the customer and build trust, trust for the digital processes, trust for the personal processes, which the sales rep is um, the trust manager, is in the end um, uh, um, interact where the, the, the um, uh, trust manager is interacting with the customer. And that's something which is, which is changing the way sales rep will work in the future. Perfect. Walt, your minute starts now. What do you see the future looking like? 
Well, a number one, I would say I, I love trust. You know, trust. Trust-based sales is you know definitely part of the future, and I think that you know I think um, Tom articulated it well. I would say the other aspect of the future is um, proactive, pro, proactively engaging customers, and not to the point where it's um, you know clearly violating customer trust and customer expectations, but proactively understanding based off of what you know about a given customer what their needs are, and and really proactively shaping solutions proactively engaging with them um i you know so so if if we were to take my perspective around proactive and tom's perspective around trust i think that would be the future of uh sales interactions i think this was uh, wonderful uh, the way we uh the way we scanned across a three large geographic space i'm sitting out of here in india my colleagues in uh, in Europe, Tom taking care of that, and and uh, Walt sharing his views in America. It's pretty similar. If you have to look at the future, which our customer, which is always on, ready to move in, you've got to look at trust and be proactive. You've got to look at data and collect meaningful data. You have to look at reimagining your cost bucket, seeing it from the eyes of the customer to to understand where the customer is putting in the value and what is most important for the customer. Digitization is only going to happen faster, and the sales process is not insulated through it. The sales rep is also going through a whole bunch of digitization, and that will only be able to enable him or her to deliver a significant bad value. Irrespective of B2B, B2C, you heard of the examples of how both the variants of customers are going to get impacted, and people who are proactive, sales reps who are proactive, who earn the trust, will make the future happen. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Walt. Tom. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you to all of the guests on today's episode. Join us next time as we continue our discussions on being customer first. If you would like to subscribe to our podcasts or read our growing library of blogs, visit kpmg.com forward slash customer first. Thanks for listening. Until the next time, goodbye.